so a little bit like the man on the moon analogy. The whole country in the US got banded together about putting a man on the moon, but the, actually what they were doing is putting a man on the moon and getting them safely back to Earth again. Hi, and welcome to the Risk-Free Funnel podcast. This show explores how we can reduce the risk of losing our life savings and learn from those who have gone before us. Hello and a very warm welcome to the Risk-Free Funnel podcast. I'm your host, Vincent Dickey from Dickey Bird, and I have with me today Manoli Arakis, a very special guest. Manoli is the director of Malik McLean Tasman. Malik McLean is a chartered accounting and business development firm that helps business owners with growth and embraces a fresh approach to business. Manoli is also a board member of the Nelson Tasman Chamber of Commerce. He's been on several advisory boards including the Nelson Tasman East PCA. He is also the winner of the Institute of Directors Nelson Marlborough Emerging Director Award. The award recognised Manoli's high energy, which is true, I can attest, his passion for strategy, recognition of the importance of culture, clear focus and a real understanding of risk. I wanted to talk with Manoli today because he's someone that stands out in person and online. He's passionate and he always posts great content on LinkedIn that seeks to serve his fellow business owners. Manoli is also a husband and a father of three boys. He should deserve a medal for that alone. Manoli's LinkedIn bio says that he helps business owners solve the problems that keep them awake at night. More than anything, I wanted to interview Manoli because he's just one of those guys you want on your side when it comes to a fast-growing business. Manoli, thanks for coming on the show today. A warm welcome to you. Thanks. Thanks. Being a business development coach, Manoli, you work with a lot of different businesses, and I know that a big part of your role is in helping business owners manage their risks without losing their life savings. Manoli, would you tell us a bit about how you do that with, uh, with the clients that you work with? Yeah, sure. The way that I like to work with clients is they've really got to understand what their A point is now. So what does their business look like now? What are the challenges they've got? What are, what is the, you know, do they need um, capital? Do they need new clients? All those sorts of things. And we do that with a, through a business plan. And then through that business plan, what we're able to do is identify their vision. So where do they want to be in five years' time? Mm-hmm. And through that business plan, then we've got their A and their B, and um, then we just join the dots in between. So a little bit like the, the man on the moon analogy. So mm-hmm. <clears throat> the whole country in the US got banded together about putting a man on the moon, but the, actually what they were doing is putting a man on the moon and getting them safely back to Earth again. Mm-hmm. So they had to break down the milestones um, um, to get to, to complete that goal, right? But then um, what they needed to do is galvanise the uh, the nation, the, the people involved with that around a common goal and a common purpose. So what we do through a business plan is we, we outline, a grab a common purpose for that business, why their business exists in the eyes of their customer, their vision, and then we break down some goals, some 12-month or, or 24-month goals and break down those things into milestones. So I guess this is where the... You were recognised for placing importance on culture in your recent award that you received. You know, I've noticed that when I've been working with a business, no matter how good the marketing is, when you're working with a team, you've re- 
really got to get the team on board and when you are able to get the team on board things really start to move the needle in a business yeah, right definitely mm. and so again um, through the business plan or a, or a separate session we do around core values mm. is massive um, and you know big corporates they do this stuff for a reason and mm. um, it's we're no different in the small medium enterprise sort of market we we need to have a purpose that everyone's working towards we need to have some core values that we live into every day mm. um, and that helps us all um, whether you're an employee a director or a or even a shareholder in a business because everyone has their different roles within a business but if they've got common got a common um, uh, set of values that they live to and a purpose then you know those sorts of cultural things really start to um, gain, gain a lot of power mm, I guess just putting them on the table and having that conversation yep. is really important isn't it yeah um, Manoli, I'm curious, you know, you work with a lot of people one-on-one as well, obviously business owners. What do you usually find gets in the way of them and growing their sales channels? I think um, accountability, to be mm. honest with you. So I, I really, truly believe that um, we all need accountability mm-hmm. um, in our business, whether that's through marketing sales funnels or it's through achieving goals. And that independence needs to be independent, sorry, and it, and that uh, can't be a husband and wife holding each other to account. Or oh, it's dangerous. <laughs> it's very dangerous. <laughs> and uh, or even uh, two business owners, you know, two directors from separate families, but are directors in a company, mm. because you sort of get bogged down in the day day-to-day doing of the business Mm -hmm. and so you start saying I haven't got enough time I'm too busy and all that sort of stuff so when you've got someone outside that doesn't get bogged down into the day-to-day stuff Mm -hmm. hold you to account on things Mm -hmm. then things get done yeah yeah yeah. so I think that's one of the most important things yeah definitely the the time factor is a huge concern for a lot of the people that I work with you know what how do you what do you suggest people do to create more time in their lives yeah so and personal lives. I mean, because yeah. that overlaps into personal lives. You know, everyone's. Whilst you've got a business, you've yeah. actually got a life outside. Yeah. You've got a family, and I know that you're someone who's always inspired me with your ability to put family first. And I remember when we talked about your own strategic planning, mm-hmm. putting family first is a really significant part of your business. Yeah. Despite the fact that you are growing fast in your own business, mm-hmm. how do you manage that yourself? Yeah, it's a. There's a wee analogy that I've got is around. It's called be do have. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so a lot of people say, um, when I have more time, I'll I'll do the things with my family and I'll be a better dad. So what I've done is change that around. So it's for me, it's I'll be that better dad now and I'll do these things and then I'll have more time. Yeah. So the yeah. be, do, have analogy is really a, a neat way to look at things. So be that person now. Mm-hmm. So with um, you know when you're looking to gain more time. Mm-hmm. The whole, the whole world's changed significantly. You don't need to hire uh, an in-house marketing person at 50 mm-hmm. or 60 grand a year. You don't have to hire a, an accountant you know, in your business at 50 or $60,000 a year. Mm-hmm. HR can be outsourced. So all of these things, aspects of your business can now be outsourced and you can buy chunks of time. You know, you could have a, a really slick um, uh, accounts department for mm-hmm. 10, 15 grand a year. You can have a fantastic marketing um, department which is outsourced and you know, that might be about the same and HR you can just go and buy chunks of HR as well so mm. those sort of 
other uh, areas of, I call it the 10 hats of business, where you've got shareholders, directors, a leader, and then uh, product development, operations, HR, um, admin and IT, finance, etc. So all of those departments, a lot of them can be outsourced now, which is awesome. Yeah, I mean, I can imagine for, for business owners, there's a huge cash flow advantage in doing something like that, you know, and, and I guess a lot of peace of mind and certainty that you've not got all these hungry mouths to feed continuously. Yeah. And whilst that brings up, you know, that brings up a lot of challenges for business as usual because people are used to having a fixed employment contract at 40 hours a week. But yet I've just been up at the Growth Marketing Conference and we talked about HR and recruitment as a big, uh, a big up and coming and changing, rapidly changing piece. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that came up in there is that the one of the fastest growing sectors of the economy is the freelance and contracting yeah. economy, right? And it's growing, I think, it's something like in the United States, 20% per year. So it's one of the biggest growth industries and it reflects a massive change. I guess it's a little bit on the other side of what you were talking about as a business owner. We're talking about for people who are used to regular employment, switching over to a more contract or freelance basis. Um, but there are advantages you're suggesting that people can take advantage of that and use that to their own advantage. But I guess, what do you see as the advantage for people who are on the other side of that, who are maybe moving from a full-time kind of role where they've got maybe a freelancing gig on the side? Yeah, I think, um, well, they just grow their knowledge because mm. they're not uh, hamstrung by being in Coca-Cola for 20 years and being mm. a marketing person for Coca-Cola or, mm. or, you know, that, or, a, or an engineering firm or something like that. They're able to then spread out their... Um, their, their wings go over a whole lot of different industries and then apply some of those learnings from each industry to, to other people. So I think you know, they, they are hugely valuable. Mm. Um, structuring, it's quite tough. You, know, you need to be quite disciplined. Um, you need to, because yeah. you're only as good as your sort of last engagement. Um, and so testimonials and, um, and feedback online, all of those sorts of things feed directly into how well you'll do. Mm. So you need to be extremely disciplined and deliver. And, you know, the whole analogy of uh, sort of, what do they call it, under, under promise and over deliver mm. would, be, would be the key. But, um, yeah. but, you know, as, a, as marketing yourself to other people, you know, if you're already, uh, if you're especially in your game, for example, mm-hmm. if you've worked with a whole cross-section of um, different industries, you can pull little bits from everywhere and then mm-hmm. I'm, I'm stoked because you can just bring all that into my business and, mm-hmm. and I haven't had to upskill you, I haven't had to, um, you mm-hmm. know, train you and, and, you know, it's really good. What would be your advice to someone who is maybe thinking of making that transition from a, a, a full-time job? You know, what would be one piece of advice or maybe, let's put it this way, what's one question that kind of person should ask or could ask themselves before making that switch? Well, I think um, what I like to do is, is, is when you know, I work with entrepreneurs is I go, well, what do you need at home money-wise? Mm-hmm. Um, because we've still got to pay the rent and pay the mortgage or feed the family and all that sort of stuff. So I like to do a bottom-up budget. Mm-hmm. So what do you need to take home? And then, you know, the question is, well, and then how many hours do you really want to work? Who are your ideal clients? 
what's your value proposition to that client as well? Because a lot of people don't actually narrow it. They go, oh, I work with everyone. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in the service industry, we generally do work with, with anyone. Um, and especially when you're starting out, you sort of take any you client. take anything. Right? You can, anyone is paying, <laughs> that, right? That's right. Yeah. But if you can identify your ideal client nice and early and your value proposition to that ideal, ideal client, when they walk in the door or when they ring you or they inquire through your website, mm-hmm. the old alarm should go off. This is the person I need to roll the carpet out to. This is the person I'm going to give some, dedicate way more time than the other person that isn't quite my ideal client. I'll still service them. I'll still give them, you know, duty of care, but really targeting on those ideal clients. Because if you do that nice and early, then after about a year or two, you can be start getting a little bit more selective and, you know, you're working with the people that you want to work with. It's interesting that you should bring up the, the topic of uh, the ideal client. I mean, you know, we're, we're a wee way into this podcast and you and I could go, we could really drill into that because it's a topic that is dear to me and I'm very passionate about. I, I think a lot of businesses make the mistake of being too generalist. And I think this is this is probably something I do want to touch on it with you a wee bit. And we have an issue in our region, as I think a lot of people do, where we're very focused on the competitor down the road. You know, let's say we've got a, I don't know, a, a, an engineering firm. We look at the engineering firm down the road as the as the competitor. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's not a good example. Let's use a service example mm-hmm. of an accountant. You know, whereas an accountant is looking at the guy down the road and going, oh, hey, well, what's he doing? Let's match him. Whereas the competition is often coming in in the online space. Mm-hmm. People are building new relationships. People are coming in from out of town virtually mm-hmm. and actually kind of taking work out of town. And I, and I think that's a real, almost a false economy. We have a false sense of security and safety in that. So helping people understand who it is they're targeting is, is really important. Actually, we need to turn that around in our region and find out, okay, so who is it we're targeting? And instead of just thinking, I just want to get everyone in my town to work with me, how can we specialise and focus on an industry or a profession that we work particularly well with? Yeah. And I know that's a huge barrier. It's been a barrier for me in the past, finding exactly who it is that I work well with. Because it's almost a fear that there's not going to be enough, enough. I'm not going to have a big enough piece of pie, mm-hmm. but going beyond the region is actually really, really important key part, key piece of growth. And not only, I think, for New Zealand local businesses, it's actually going internationally. I mean, I, I deal with a lot with people overseas as well, uh, and I think there's more opportunity to do that. How do you... How do you run into that as yeah. an area with people? No, no who... definitely. But and 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 I think that you've an abundance mentality. Mm. You've got to have that abundance mentality. So, yeah. to give you an example, I coach other accounting firms on how to run a better business, a better modern accounting firm. So, once a quarter, I I run a uh, all day coaching session with with seven accountants from around the country, and and I've quite happily coached someone here locally as well because I want better businesses, better, smarter businesses operating in the region. So yeah. if you have that mentality that it's an abundance, there's lots of work out there, um, you know, and let's help each other out rather than consider each other competitors mm. and, and dog bad, eat dog, yeah, dog, yeah. Eat dog yeah. then, you know, w- what are you actually there to do, you know? Mm. So if your competitor's bad-mouthing you, are they actually concentrating on their client? Are they actually saying, do we want this region to grow? Do we want the clients that I work with to grow? If I'm not the right person, you know, I've had an instance where I, um, 
we were a client outgrew me. Mm-hmm. And so then I passed them on to another accounting firm, um, PwC, so that, you know, they, you know, they had outgrown me, so I was quite happy to pass them on. So yeah. you have that abundance mentality that there's plenty of work out there, and I think there is, um, for, for us all, um, that we can, you know, then and have the client at the at the heart of it. It's a virtuous cycle, isn't it? And I get people asking me, well, why would I have other coaches and consultants on the on the show? Because aren't they competition? But I just I don't believe in that. I, I have a lot of great people on the show. The, the the listeners learn from that. I learn from that. Mm-hmm. We learn from one another. Yeah. And I've always had the same uh, the same position in any industry that I've worked in. And uh, it really does work. And having you on the show is uh, is you know it's been really great to actually just share some bit of that knowledge with some of the listeners. Look, there's lots of lots that you and I could go into, Manoli, and I really appreciate your time coming in here to share some of your uh, your knowledge with the listeners. Um, if people want to find out more about what you do, Manoli, how can they get hold of you? Yep, they can come to our website, which is MMCA, so Mallet McLean CA. Easy to remember. <laughs> Very easy to remember. Uh, or email me or find me on LinkedIn. Uh, constantly sort of posting but re- relevant business stuff, you know, tips on proposals, on cash flow, those sorts of things. So um, so don't be shy. Just uh, connect with me. I, I, don't, I don't think I've ever said no to anyone. So um, <laughs> connect, connect with me. There's lots of stuff coming through there um, and yeah you'll see me around, around yeah you're, you're, you're great on LinkedIn you have a lot of good content like really good content some of the posts I've seen so I suggest that you, you connect with Manoli there um, you might want to just spell your surname there can't be too many Manolis on LinkedIn there's not too many Manolis in New Zealand especially in Nelson anyway <laughs> yeah so it's M-A-N-O-L-I and my surname is A-E-R-A-K-I-S that's great Manoli thank you so much for coming in today we've got a show coming out each week we announce the shows on each Wednesday I've got a great guest for you coming up next week as well Um, special guests from overseas actually so that's going to be a really interesting show to share with you if you are waiting for your 20 affordable tools for your sales funnel it is underway and coming by the end of this week those of you who are on the email list and if you haven't got access to the show and you do want access to the show please go to riskfreefunnel.com and sign up to have regular weekly episodes sent to you by email and thanks for being on the show being a listener being a supporter connect with us on linkedin comment get in touch with manoli we'd love to hear from you have a fantastic rest of your week and we'll see you soon bye